Hey guys, welcome back to Life Below Parallel. Today we're talking about taking risks. We get to interview our friend Jono Bullington. And aside from having a really awesome name, Jono is soon picking up his entire life in South Carolina and moving up to New Jersey to work on a new business venture. What's really cool about Jono is that in the past two years, he's created a thriving personal training business out of a gym that he's been working at in a very small town back home. Jono tells us about what this means to him, what his expectations are, and how he got to this point in the first place, and also how his wife supports him throughout the entire journey. I think we can all in some way relate to Jono's story. I hope you enjoy it. Guys, welcome back. This is the Life Below Parallel podcast. Today, we are with special guest, Jono Bullington. Did I say your name right, Bono? Yeah, Jono. Yep, that's Bono from U2, yeah. right? <laughs> that's right. I'm, I'm incredibly successful. I believe you. <laughs> <laughs> Dress for the name you want, right? Mm-hmm. How um, Can I ask how, how that name came about? What's the origin of that? Sure. So I'll tell you, I'll tell you the real story. Not, not that I ever tell fake stories, but, um, so did, did either of you watch Bobby's world when you were growing up? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. You know what I'm talking about, Ron? So Howie Mandel, right? Yeah. Yeah. What, you know what, uh, I forget what the uncle's name was. Was it like uncle Ted or something? But he used to call Bobby Bobo. So I used to watch that show as a kid and my dad just started calling me Jono. So cool story, right? It, it, just, stuck. <laughs> it just happened. That's a, that is a cool story. Is, so is that your real name? So my, my real name's Jonathan. Okay. Jonathan. Okay. But Jono's the better. Yeah. Much better. It's much better. I, I've seriously considered just legally changing it. But, you know, you know Jono fits, Jono fits the personality way more. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. So, just for some background, I met you, Jono, over the weekend at a workshop that I attended. And, and funny enough, Ron met you at the same workshop, but a week prior. Um, it's like it was meant to happen or something. I don't know. But we got to talking and I thought we had a really great conversation on Saturday night um, when we were out having a couple of drinks and just, you know, shooting the shit. Um, but what you something you really uh, something you said to me really stuck out and it was that you kind of came into the job you have right now recently and you're at a point now where you're you're relocating and it's going to be quite a risk i think um how do you what do you think about that how do you see that as a risk what you're doing Mm -hmm. uh to answer that straight yes to give you a little bit more info, probably about, so about four weeks ago, I messaged Dr. Sean Pastuch, both of you know him, and I said, if anyone is looking for a coach who's, you know, essentially completely trained in all the active life methodology, I'm on the table. And he was like, okay. I'll put you in contact with some people. And he put me in contact with probably about three to four gyms. And it probably could have been more, honestly. Um, But I talked with them a little bit. And, um, you know, going back to the risk factor, you know, all of these gyms and gym owners that that I was talking to was definitely like, well, 
it doesn't really matter where we move. We could move up north. We could move out west. We could move, you know, anywhere in the United States, essentially, um, because it all kind of felt the same no matter which one it was. These gym owners were looking for coaches um, that were, that, you know, coaches or a coach that was a savage or whatever. And, um, you know, none of them really felt right, if that makes sense. Um, there was no like, oh, man, I am just totally pumped to do this. Um, then about two weeks later, Sam Hirsch posted that on Repair and Rebuilds. I think it was there. It was no, it was in the private coaches group on Facebook for active life coaches. Mm-hmm. And she said, Hey, looking for a coach. Right. And she said a lot more than that, but that's essentially the gist of it. And I was like, Oh, wow. This is, uh, this is something that I would love love, love to be involved in. Cause I know that Sam Hirsch is doing the pro path. And that was important to me to know that there was a plan going forward. And I was like, Ooh, yeah, this would be good. So as far as the risk in talking a little bit more about that, I, I told my wife and I was like, Hmm, I wonder what she's going to think about this because this is be, this would be a huge move. There's a lot of uncertainty surrounding a move like this. And she was like, Oh, uh, BirthFit New Jersey's uh, up where, where Sam is. I could do this, that, and the other. And she just started spouting off this. And I was like, yeah, you could. And so, <laughs> that sounds like a wonderful idea. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, I was like, totally. I was thinking of that. No, but, you know, she, my wife has been involved heavily with BirthFit. And if nobody knows what that is, um, it was essentially started as a group of female uh, chiropractors who, uh, educate women on how to exercise prenatal, pregnant, and postpartum uh, in those settings. Anyway, my wife's been heavily involved in that, and she got super excited about this potential move. And these pieces just started falling together where it was like, you know, I really think that this is where we're going next. And in talking with Sam, obviously, there's been a lot of conversations happening in the background of, okay, what's the number that we need to hit each month? Um, what is this going to look like? So those conversations have taken place, um, but it's all looking like green lights. Nice. So this is a really recent thing. I didn't realize that. Um, I do have a question, like what motivated you to want to seek out basically another job somewhere else or relocate? Right. So for me, in starting what I've done here in Greenwood, South Carolina, it's been um, it's been hard which is not an excuse. It's just kind of how the, how the, uh, you know, the environment at our gym is. Thankfully, the methods that have been, the, that have been done by me and our gym have worked and they've worked very successfully. And, you know, as far as our gym or the gym that I'm at now, there is thinking towards the future, but my personality is one of, once I hit one thing, I have to have the next thing. And, you know, for some people and for some, you know, coaches or owners or whoever they are, business owners, um, that's not, that's, that priority to move fast is not there. And um, so for me and my personality and just the goals that I have, one for myself, but two also for my family um, and to be able to provide a bigger sense of financial freedom for us and also fulfillment for myself and what I do. Um, this was, 
a decision that I thought was the right one to uh, to at least pursue. And it looks like it's going to be 100% made. So, Why do you think that your personality is like that, where you're always seeking the next thing that you can possibly do or the, the next step? Yeah, that's a good question. If you would have if you would have talked to me or even had just a regular conversation with me probably about two to two and a half to three years ago, um, I would, you wouldn't be talking to the same person. So, you know, it, it's funny because I was thinking about, you know, some of the things that we had talked before hopping on the, uh, on the podcast and, and I had gone to school with the aspirations of going into the medical field and becoming a doctor. And so my mindset has always been one of you get your degree, you know, you go to school, you get your degree, you come out and the world rewards you for having that degree, right? It rewards you with status. <laughs> it rewards you with money. It's just the thing you do. Well, you were lied to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it was, I mean, it's my own fault, right? That's my responsibility. But, you know, I never... I never really had that go get them kind of attitude and that driven attitude until I got into this field and really saw uh, the potential of what could be there. And in the past, you know, two years, year and a half, two years, somewhere around there, um, the amount of personal growth that's taken place is more than has happened in the past, you know, 27 years of my life. I'm 29 now. So, you know, subtract out those two years. 27 years. So, I mean, it's crazy, man. So that attitude has been developed. You know, it was definitely not something that was, uh, that I was born with. Right. Do you feel like, I know you recently had a, had a daughter, you said? It's actually a son. Oh, you recently had a son, six months old, right? That's right. And do you, congratulations, by the way, that's amazing. Uh, do, do you feel like having your son motivated you even more to to do this or were you already on that path and then you had a son and it was like all right I'm ready <laughs> yeah um to answer that first question of course right of course it did um and and in a big way right I was on that path before then um interestingly enough I remember talking with um one of my mentors uh who's Dr. Sean before my wife and I had really started trying to have kids. And, you know, it was a situation of if I'm not able to make certain things work, it's really not the wisest thing to, you know, have a kid. You know, it's not the best timing or whatever, just financially, it's just, just not a good time. And through being able to improve on that, you know, we were able to say, hey, we're in a comfortable position. We want to have kids. And, um, you know, let's try to have kids. And so, that being said, when he was on the way, you bet that I was busting my ass to like make stuff happen. So, so you had all that time, all, you know, the nine, 10 months of buildup anticipation, yes. like, all right, I need to be where, you know, in a comfortable place where I can make this kid's life worth it. Yeah, that, right? absolutely. I, uh, I think I got a lot of gray hairs during those nine months. So now let's back up a little bit. Was there, was there a big moment in your life that you remember your mindset just shifted? Like, I know you said you wanted to be a doctor. You went to school and to, to eventually be a doctor or go into the medical field. 
at what point did you flip the switch and say, no, I'm going to be a coach or I'm going to teach people how to work out for a living? Yeah, sure. So my wife and I had just moved to Greenwood and I was studying for the MCAT and, you know, I get, it's hard for me to put a pin on it exactly like on that mindset switch. Um, however, you know, there was a point to where I realized one, I want to be able to be in a field and making a difference in someone's life, uh, now, not 12 years from now, because, you know, my personality is very, I'm all in or I'm not in at all. And so, you know, I wanted to be, you know, somewhat of a specialist in the medical field, be it a surgeon or whatever. And, um, so I was looking at about 12 more years of school and I didn't want to wait that long. I wanted to do, be able to do something that I could, you know, essentially help people reach goals, be intimate with people in conversation and, and get to that deeper level of like relationship with people. And obviously found CrossFit and it really opened my eyes to, you know, a community that was a lot more active and a lot more concerned with, I guess, deeper things than aesthetics. And that was kind of an outlet for me as a coach, being able to do that and say like, oh, this is really cool. You know, I never would have thought that things would play out like how they have. Um, and it's been, it's been just incredible to be able to provide solutions to people of, you know, getting out of pain or, or, you know, anything like that, where we're almost more of a uh, counselor than a coach sometimes. And yet that's, I just, I love that stuff. You know, you know, it's funny when I was, uh, I was in college studying music and then I did pre-med and I wanted to be a surgeon because I wanted to help people. And I didn't do anything with that. I remember studying for the MCATs and I was looking, I had this thick book and I was like, I don't want to do this for the rest of my life or the next 10 years. And then I opened a CrossFit gym, like not too long after. So we we're actually really alike for this, almost the same reasons. It was just too long. I, I wanted to do it. Then I felt like I had the opportunity, the life skills, maybe, probably not, but the willingness and the passion to go out and do it. So I can totally relate to that. I love it. Um, it's awesome. But what I, what I'm asking is there was obviously a pivotal moment for you. Mm -hmm. What did, was there, was there a point where you had to like weigh the good from the bad, weigh the options and then go and look at this opportunity and say, maybe not, maybe that's not for me. Was there any doubt? Sure. So, you know, when I decided not to do it, I had obviously talked to my wife about it and, you know, she was very supportive. Um, you know, I had been wanting to go into the medical field for, you know, at that point over 20 years, you know, and, you know, there was a point where, you know, I'm a coach and I was working other jobs too you know, because I couldn't make enough money just as a CrossFit coach. But I mean, there was definitely, you know, a point to where I said, you know, I was working at a car wash and I was also working at the YMCA and I was coaching CrossFit and I didn't want to work at a car wash anymore uh, because it was just brutal work, um, which is fine. Right. I love manual labor, 
uh, which is part of why I think I love CrossFit. But, you know, I didn't want to do that anymore. I didn't want to work at the YMCA. I wanted to coach CrossFit. And there was that pivotal moment where I said, I have to make this work or I'm simply going to have to get a job doing something that I'm not passionate about. Right. And that was when I got more involved with active life. And obviously at that time around, you know, early, early 2018, Dr. Sean was doing his mentorship and got involved with that. And that was, that was really that pivotal point, I think, you know, of saying, I don't, you know, I want to follow my passion. You know, I want, I want to be a coach and not, I want to have, I want to be a coach with two other jobs. Real quick. Could you like, for our listeners and stuff, could you just give like a brief uh, little bit of information on what active life is? Absolutely. So active life started as, you know, a a clinic really is where it started, which was, seems like forever ago now, but it was Dr. Sean Pastuch and Dr. Jeremy Todd. Um, They had a clinic in Long Island where they, you know, athletes would come in, they've treated, you know, Olympic medalists, CrossFit games, athletes, um, and even, you know, the, the weekend warrior or the general population CrossFitter, but people would come into their clinic and they would have common, you know, injuries or pain and they were able to solve for those. But once those people went back to their homes, you know, they would fly in to see them, um, went back to their home gyms. They would have that same pain or limitation or whatever they came in for. It would just pop up again. And so they started to write programming that could be done remotely for their clients. And that's kind of when it, you know, their business kind of pivoted. Um, They were able to sell online programming to their clients and were able to help, you know, thousands of people get out of pain without going to the doctor or missing the gym. And they still do that. However, you know, obviously the business now has, has shifted more towards, I won't say more towards, but I'll say has also added teaching coaches and gym owners how to provide their members with the same exact thing. Awesome. Is there, I'm sure there is, there's probably a lot, but can you think of one particular client that you've worked with where you've changed them in a way that's changed you? So I'd say I remember one client very vividly. um, One of the ones that, had the biggest change probably in the shortest time. I think that we tend to remember those just because some of some of these things can be really quick and very impactful. And a lot of the times it can be a very slow progression and very impactful. But um, but I remember a client who came in who was actually re- referred to me from a uh, chiropractor, and she had come in with you know bad sciatic pain. And we did an initial consultation and just got to know each other a little bit better. And she, you know, couldn't sleep at night. She, I mean, it was just, it was, she had a job where she had to commute and it was terrible when she was driving, obviously. Um, But we did an initial assessment, thought that I could help her, you know, truly believed I could help her. And she bought 24 sessions and within about three to four sessions, she was completely out of sciatic pain, and which is no reflection on my skills necessarily, right? However, it was just something that was so sudden where it was like, cool, what do you want to work on now? And, you know, so I'd say that that would probably be the one that I remember 
and she was just so impacted by it. You know, it it changed the way that she commuted. It changed the way that she slept. It probably, you know, it certainly changed the way that her interaction with her family took place. I mean, it was it was huge. You know, it was huge. Now, had that had that happened before, where you were able to make such an impact on someone's life, even if it wasn't a short amount of time, but like, mm-hmm. was that the first instance, or was there another one that, or was there one before that that really hit home with you? Mm-hmm. There were there were I'd say little wins, right? Mm-hmm. So there were people who I had been able to to work with who had small aches and pains. Um, before that, I would probably say that this one was the point to where I was able to say, huh, you know, this could really blow up in a good way. And as far as the ones before, there were certainly small wins where it was like, you know, you know, I did a shoulder press today or I did whatever and uh, my shoulder didn't hurt. That's huge, right? There was, there had never really been one before this client of like, hey, uh, I can sleep at night now, <laughs> you know? But, but to some of those people, those little wins might be, might mean everything. It might mean the world to them. And we view it as something so simple or like, a, you know, we might've just made one little fix, one cue, and all of a sudden they're, they're fixed. But to them, it's like, wow, I feel amazing. This is the best thing ever. Mm-hmm. How does that make you feel to be able to do that? Yeah. I mean, it's awesome, man. You know, I, it's certainly no reflection on me. Um, you know, especially in this business, the client is the hero and we're just the guide, you know, and it's, it's awesome. And it's a, it's an absolute privilege to be able to work with those people. Um, but it certainly does make you feel good. And like you're adding something of extreme value to, to just these people, you know, being able to, to see them where they're at, communicate with them in such a way to where they see where they're headed and then execute a plan that works. I mean, it's freaking awesome. So let's, let's shift a little bit ahead. Um, so now back to the present, we, um, you have this potential move coming up, right? 99% certain. What, what do you, what fears do you have around that? So I'd say at this point, it's probably like, how are we going to pack up all this crap (laughs) and like get it there? But, um, you know, I'd say that it's just some of the the logistics of getting there, you know, moving. I mean, I don't even know how many miles it is, but I mean, it's a big move. Like I've always lived in the South. Like I like the South. Um, if you would have told me that I'd be moving up North to New Jersey, like (laughs) five years ago, I would have said, you're out of your mind. There's no way I'll ever leave the South. But, um, but yeah, so fears surrounding it. I mean, there's always stuff there. You know what I mean? It's, it's okay. How is the transition into the gym going to work? How is the transition into the new position going to work? Um, what are the numbers going to exactly be? Um, what is, you know, what's the cost of living going to be? So I'd, I'd say those are just kind of the, you know, hopefully it's not a cop-out answer, but I mean, you know, cost of living, things like that. That's probably the biggest fear. Yeah. What so it's like, like, what it's like driving in the snow for the first time. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shoveling snow. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's different because we obviously have run, run the numbers and, and done everything we can to, 
try to, uh, I guess, establish those numbers. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's always, I mean, there's always just stuff that could happen. And um, I think that, you know, this was one of the things that I was thinking about um, before we hopped on here was, and it relates to what we've been talking about, you know, there's, there's always a, there's always two stories that you play out in your head when, when there's risk involved or when there's something that you want to do that you're going to have to get out of your comfort zone. This, the first story that you play out is, is the, what if this goes wrong story, like the bad, the bad story. Right. And typically in our minds, that is the story that overtakes us, right? It's the story that we, that we really play up. There's a second story that's the, well, what if it works story? And usually that's the one that we don't spend enough time thinking about, right? We always think about, okay, we always think about the bad, the risk factors, and which I think that we should. I think that's how we've survived. Um, And yet most people, you know, most people, especially in this, especially in the industry that we're in, um, you know, are very risk averse. That could be a personality trait. You know, people can make fast decisions and some have to be a little bit slower. Um, they have like a lower, uh, excuse me, a higher action threshold, you know, before they'll really step on the gas. But, um, you know, that negative story in my head right now, um, it's not winning. So the, the good story is winning right now, you know. So, so your good story, your what if this goes right? Tell me what what is your best possible outcome here? Right. So I, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Yeah, I, I was just going to say probably the best possible outcome would be, you know, <laughs> like we don't we don't have to drive up completely in a snowstorm. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, in all serious, seriousness, though, I mean, smooth transitioning, smooth transitioning, um, good integration into the community in the new position. Um, and also mostly for my family, you know, making sure that this move is not only about leveling up business-wise, but also as a father, also as a husband, um, because at, at this point, my wife is commuting about two hours every day, and we're like roommates, you know, and she has no problem with me sharing this with you, but, um, you know, it's, it's, it is stressful, and to be in a place and to be able to, to get to a point where she's going to be home more with our son, where our, our schedules are very flexible. Um, and her, and really her schedule is more flexible. It will just kind of be that next step for us as a family as well. Um, that was one of the biggest decision makers, right. You know, and, and kind of going to that, that good and bad story that we play in our head, you know, the good aspects of what could go right are, the things that we want, right? The things that could go wrong, we can deal with. But if it doesn't, like if it doesn't happen, if the good thing doesn't happen, then there would be no point in us moving. You know what I mean? Like we need that as a family. Um, We need to be, you know, closer together, both in the time that we spend, you know, the quantity of time, but also the quality of time that we spend together. And so, that's the best case, you know, that's the best case scenario for us. That's, that's the good story of saying, Hey, now as a family, we're more flexible. We can take, you know, time off and go to the park or whatever, you know, nuclear families do. Right. Um, but, but that's, that's the good story. Right. I love it, man. I love that you're, 
you're basically seeing this as you don't have any other options like this you're making this huge move and taking a big risk but that doesn't even matter because what your why is so important to you that this is the this is the outcome you want that's that's what i love um how do you envision the next few years yeah that's a great question <laughs> um obviously i've been a lot more involved with active life and things are moving fast for us um so that that's a very tough question um things are moving <laughs> fast um and I'd say with the thing going on with repair and rebuild, you know, with the new position mm-hmm. that we're looking to essentially take over, right? We're looking to really level up in our area. Um, and I guess the vision for that would be just growing the business, um, having more reach in surrounding communities, first in our own, but also in the community surrounding us so that we can be a model for other gyms to want what we have, um, but also for people who are in need to be able to have kind of a beacon of light and say, oh, these guys know their stuff, they know what they're doing and they can help me. Um, So that's one piece of it. As far as the active life goes, getting more involved with them, growing that vision of not just being a place where we teach coaches and gym owners how to help get their clients out of pain, but also a place where a lot of personal development is taking place because what we realized, especially from the pro path weekend was that, you know, you guys are not just talking about, you know, I, I want to help people get out of pain. It's, I want to become the kind of person that my staff looks up to, you know, and stuff like that, which is just incredible. Um, and I think that's something that we had never really thought was really going to the direction that we were going to take. Um, but it's starting to look that way and it's hard to see what it's going to look like, you know, but it's going to be, whatever it is, it's going to be freaking incredible. Yeah. I mean, I've been following, you can see I'm wearing an old school active life shirt. I see that. (laughs) From the, the original, uh, gym back in, you know, the early days, but just watching and following Sean and the rest of the staff and the people even that aren't involved anymore, like the growth and the transition and then eventually my involvement now, it's been incredible. Like just seeing what you're able to accomplish just from what comes out of a small community gym, essentially, which is what we all have here too. It's, it's so cool. And like you were going back to before, like it, you, the one of the fears is like or hope that it's going to go well when you get to the new gym and you can kind of fit into the community and I don't think you're going to have a problem at all because it's that's what this is all about and even in the job you're doing with active life and with your own business you're still part of that larger community that that we all you know got here from or came here from mm-hmm. uh, yeah for sure. Ron, do you have anything you'd like to close out with? I just want to know if he's worried about having a hard time finding a new barber with the fresh haircut. Dude, you, you, you joke about that. I'm, I'm totally thinking that. I'm like, where am I going to get my haircut now? <laughs> well, you're not going to be too far from me when you move to New Jersey. So 
I'll take you to my spot when you come to visit. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'll take you up on that. All right. That's uh that's definitely a consideration, right? It's it's that uh it's that propriety, right? Absolutely. Got to look like a professional. <laughs> how many how many times a, how often do you keep that checked up? Every Thursday. Every, every Thursday. Every Thursday. I'm sitting here trying to figure out whether I'm going to go every <laughs> two weeks or every three weeks. And oh, my man. man goes every Thursday. That's what hey, I'm, man, talking I'm telling about. you. I mean, I it's it. a good point to make, right? Like you have to, you have to look like a professional. You have to, you have to keep up on that. And because when you do, that's when you really start leveling up. You know, you can't like try to do something on a, on necessarily a uh, budget per se. You know what I mean? And that's, I'm not, and I'm that's not saying exactly what. Money. That's exactly what we talked about uh, before Matt got in here on the call. Is just making sure that we look the part as best as we can. Mm-hmm. Got to right. dress dress like you own the place because you do own the place. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> man. Anyway, Jono, thank you so much, man. This has been awesome. We look forward to talking to you again after this move and and see where you're at. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate it. Guys, thanks for listening. Ron, thanks for staying on. See you later. Yep.